0: I'm Steven Adams, this is down to Doug, I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words.
1: What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved, I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinus. I'm not miffed and peeved, I'm down to dunk. I'm Steven Adams, I'm not miffed and peeved,
0: I am down to dunk. Yo, this PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, at DailyThunder.com, and we're featured on Dash Radio at five o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend McKelly Barra. McKelly, what's up? Uh, sickness here, Andrew. So if
1: uh, if I sound like weird or anything, it's my meds and or uh, my disease. So. Forgive, forgive me for being so sick uh, almost every Monday.
0: <laughs> it's okay. <clears throat> I've got bad allergies this morning, so you could... I'm trying to get my mute button game on uh, <laughs> point here, but if I don't, you're, you might hear me hacking here. Uh, <laughs> second. Uh, someone you won't hear hacking is the Oklahoma City Thunder, who actually won a game the other night uh, against Yay! Toronto. In Toronto, uh, it's a big win. It was a really, really big win. They needed that game so badly. And it kind of, it's tough because you don't want Toronto to be the team that you get back on track against because, or I guess you don't want that to have to be the team you get back on track against Mm -hmm. because they're so good. Uh, But the fact that they did uh, shows a lot. To beat them in Toronto, they'd only lost seven games in Toronto all season. And for them to go into Toronto and really turn it on in the second half and put it on him, I thought it it was a good sign. And do it in a manner of which looked like the Thunder. They didn't just... They did drain a bunch of threes, but that's not how they won the game. They won the game because they played good on the defensive end.
1: Yeah, they did. Uh, They were extremely, um, I would say, disciplined on the defensive side and engaged. Russell Westbrook was really engaged and when these two things happen, like a Russell Westbrook is engaged, and B, Russell Westbrook looks to pass, um, OKC is up to great things. And against Toronto, I think it was uh, on full display. To be honest with you, making shots make everything really, really easy for OKC, uh, and the fact that shots weren't going in for, like, since uh, All-Star game, it actually... Um, Influence the way they play uh, defense, but against Toronto, they were able to to be effective on defense early on, even if the shots weren't falling uh, at a high rate, and um, they were disciplined enough. And then in the second quarter, uh, things got really easy because of the um,
0: rejuvenate uh, uh, like free throw, free throw,
1: and three point shooting
0: of OKC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Excuse me, it was going to turn at some point. Like they're not yeah. going to be that bad of a shooting team the rest of the way and I don't know if it's like corrected for the rest of the season like we'll see how they play in Memphis tonight I if you're a Thunder fan like you know to be a little bit nervous when this team goes in to play a Memphis team Uh, that's not any good that's not playing for anything that has nothing to lose kind of situation Um, but I think that you can have hope they can turn around and move move toward the playoffs uh, you know on a hot streak. Like they really, they really need that going into the playoffs to, to reach any sort of potential that, that they would like to. Um, but yeah, they, the shooting was good. They were 12 of 14 from the free throw line, which was just felt like a miracle. There are 20 of 43 from three, uh, which is a lot. It's a lot of makes, but it's also a lot. 43 is a lot for this team to take yeah. too. Um, so it's good that they made, <laughs> it's good that they made that many. It was nice to see Terrence Ferguson hit three of seven from three, which is, Mm -hmm. um, I think this team needs him to do that.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: A quick stat uh, for the last
1: two games against Toronto. Um, Can you guess, um, this is not part of the game that I uh, discussed with you before going live, but since we are here, uh, uh, can you name how many threes OKC took wide open over the last two games?
0: Oh wide open. Um yeah. oh, open and wide open. Thirty six. That's thirty-six
1: per game. Thirty-seven per game. Per game?
0: Per game. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of wondered yeah. that because some people are like, oh, the shot quality is so much better tonight. Like no, I don't no, know. No. Like I didn't I didn't feel like the three point shot quality was any different. The the feel. Of the offense, when you're watching, was a lot different from night to night. But as far as like getting open shots, like I thought they had enough good shots that night. Yeah, yeah, they took over the last two games 33.5
1: spot up trees, um, on average. Yeah. So they were actually getting um, very good shots, very good shot quality, and. Sometimes the offense looks good because the shots goes in <laughs> and it's hard to detach from the feeling that you have when a good shot rims off and maybe you are down 10. And when those same shots go in, then you, you think that the ball moves um, better. It actually moved better uh, um, in, the, in the last game against Toronto. I am not denying that. But even the first one, I think that the shot quality was good. It's just that when you don't make any kind of look, things got really uh, difficult because the defense is more uh, inclined to pack the paint and and leave you open. Mm -hmm. And so there's much less space uh, for us to drive and for Paul to drive. And so it's all connected. And and I think that 40, 40 is too much, definitely, but Like, taking 35-plus, I think it's what OKC should do, Um, unless uh, they find some other ways to score, like posting up Steven a little bit
0: more. Sure, which they haven't really done. I mean, Steven only had nine shots in the last game. I feel like he he hasn't had... I mean, there was a stretch there where he was getting 12 to 15 shots per game, and he was scoring really efficiently, and... I, I I've watched him quite a bit. I like, went to the game the other night just to watch him warm up, and like he's. I don't think he's hurt. I don't think he's like mm-hmm. struggling with an injury or anything, uh, but he's certainly not been himself lately. I don't know what it is, honestly. I don't, and Jay has mentioned this many times. Like, it, it could it be a mental thing. Like, I mean, like, I, I guess mm-hmm. it could be. Uh, that's those are a lot harder to identify, but that you can kind of tell something's been up with him because he just hasn't since the all-star break he hasn't been that good i thought he was good in toronto i thought that um he affected he affected shots at the rim better than oh you are in mute mode can you hear me now sorry yes i said (laughs) i was just saying i feel, feel like he's defended better than he has in a long time
1: Yeah, yeah. And his picking on defense was really good. And I thought that Billy uh, made the right decision on going small, because when you have Ibaka on the court as your primary center, if you have Steven guarding him, you may get away with it with Neuron's. I don't think so. And so I really like a the way Stephen played the pick and roll and played uh defense against Marcus All, he was very very focused. Um he didn't let him open for threes and stuff like that. And and when he was on the bench, I I thought that uh, Grant and Morris did a pretty good job uh, defensively as well.
0: Yeah, they did. And it's it's funny like the more that I've watched this team more in depth, I think that Like, Jeremy's defense is really, really important to this team. And I feel like his one-on-one defense has been good all season. But I think, like, he does struggle sometimes with, like, the help defense that he is supposed to give Steven or supposed to give Russell or somebody else. And a lot of times, I don't think he's ever, anybody's, like, ever, like, really blamed him for, like, the defense not being as good. But when he's not as focused on that help, like it affects the defense a lot and oh yeah and i just it's just funny that like steven will get the blame just because that's what it looks like because like steven's Mm -hmm. man or somebody else's man but it's really like oh that's jeremy's job like jeremy missed that rotation and jeremy didn't come quick enough and jeremy was there just a little bit too late and fouled uh i feel like that that has happened frequently uh but he was great he was much much better and he did end up fouling out of that game and. You know, credit to Billy because I thought, like, oh boy, like, where are we going here? Like, what's going to happen here? Uh, and I, and I remember saying, I was like, I really hope that he goes with Terrence because I just think that makes the most sense uh, mm-hmm. to play, to be a little bit smaller uh, against this Raptors team. They ended up finishing with Terrence, and I thought that it was really helpful. I thought he might go to Markeith, Mm-hmm and I. I just didn't know how that would go. You know, Marquis has had a, a strange little stint here with the Thunder where you just don't, you don't really know what you're going to get from him, especially on the defensive end. You just don't really know. Uh, but I thought he made the right choice and ended up uh, winning the game for the Thunder.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Billy, Billy coached uh, this game as if it was a playoff game. I, I don't think there's any doubt about this. He went seven deep, basically, uh, rotation-wise. Nader and Noel were just throwing for a couple of minutes to see if they could um, stay on the court. Yeah. But for the majority of, of time, he went with, with a seven-man rotation, which is extremely um, unusual for Billy to do. And if you, if you think that there was some pressure on OKC's player uh, to, to win this game, there was a lot of pressure on Billy to win this game. Oh, yeah. Uh, And and he did uh, perform. Uh, Granted, the Raptors were without one of the Cardinal players. Um, I mean, being without uh, Kyle Lowry changes the, the nature of the game because he's so good as a shooter that he, you can maybe sag off Van bleed a little bit more uh, with Kyle Lowry. You just can't. So there's that. And But but this doesn't diminish the fact that OKC okay, needed a win. Uh, they got the win and they got the win they wanted, uh, the way they wanted. Mm-hmm. One other thing that I, I think maybe I already told that, but since I'm under meds, I don't know. Um, it's the <laughs> fact that they really, when they were down, they didn't went for the 10-point shot. Right. Um, Russ really didn't uh, force the issue, the issue too much. He took trees, but I thought there were good trees to take. Mm-hmm. And, and for ma- the majority of the game, he really tried to put other um, teammates um, in the best position to score. And, and that was extremely important. I remember OKC doing those things uh, against lesser teams at the beginning of the season. And we were all happy because they were focused on the, on the process to, to get to a win, not to getting the win at any cost. And mm-hmm. on, um, on Friday uh, it was, um, it was really good to see that from them.
0: Yeah. And only five turnovers between the two of them, between Westbrook yeah. and George, which I thought was big. They had nine uh, in Oklahoma city which is too many. Mm-hmm. Like that's too many between those two to have. The the team had 22 turnovers overall that night, which was just uh kind of crazy. <laughs> um but I also think that Paul George looked like Paul George in Toronto. Yeah. And he didn't yeah. he did not in Oklahoma City. They would trap him and you would have thought Oklahoma City had never seen a trap before in their life. You know, it was just like, "Oh, you, like they don't know how to solve this." <laughs> Like they, yeah like they don't, they don't know how to work around this like this is it's just crazy because like every single superstar in the league like this happens to them and it's like well mm-hmm. like what was, they just looked like stunned that it was happening and I'm just like why? like why like what is what's going on here and they definitely corrected all of those offensive problems that they were having the other night where it was just so choppy it was just so disconnected. And they mm-hmm. would score, and they you know they almost won that game, you know, they got to overtime, which was just felt like yeah. a miracle, uh, but it's just it was just crazy to me that that Raptors were just throwing a, a simple trap double team at Paul, and they just took him out of the game, basically, yeah, and he only had 14 yeah. shots that night. I mean that's just not that's not okay Russell luckily, Russell was good that night. he had 42 points on 29 shots. Uh, that's great, but you just you can't you can't be the thunder and allow other teams to just take Paul out well they're double teaming tonight so we're just gonna have to have Paul taken out of the game you know I still don't love the shot distribution overall like seventeen mm-hmm. shots for Paul twenty for Russell like Paul needs to take the most shots on the team they need to figure yeah. out a way to get him there and they they took a step toward there um, but still. It it doesn't it it should not be, the distribution should not be this way. Like Paul needs to take more because he had twenty eight points on seventeen shots. He was five of ten from three. Like give him twelve threes. Like find ways to get him more shots. I mean like that just needs to be the mission of this team. Uh, And then defensively, Paul was really really good. And so was and like you said, Russell was too. He had that block there at the end of the game, which was crucial. Uh, mm-hmm. And Paul had one, too, from behind on Kawhi Leonard. That was big time, yeah. too. And those led to transition opportunities for the Thunder. And like, that's their identity. Like that right yes. there. You had a block from Steven that led to a fast break point. You had a block from Russell that led to fast break points. And you had a block uh, from Paul George. So they don't need to get, They don't need to do that all the time, but they need to create havoc for the other team on the offensive end. And I feel like since the All-Star break, they've more or less let teams be kind of comfortable doing what they're doing. The Thunder just kind of contesting shots and hoping they miss is what it's felt like. And on Friday night, that didn't happen. They created a lot of havoc. They had six blocks total, nine steals. Uh, They were much, much better.
1: Yeah. And there's a fine line uh, between being overly aggressive and be aggressive. Uh, in the um, in a positive way, mm-hmm. and I thought that against Toronto they were aggressive in a positive way. They were really physical, and Toronto was physical, and so the referees I I thought did a good job of handling that physicality on both sides, and and that also gave me hope, uh, gives me hope for the postseason, because one of the other reasons because OK OKC's defense tends to be better in the second half is that. I think it, they are afraid of fouling too much early on, yeah. and so the aggressiveness that they have. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is just stupid. Uh, but I think that once they they cross um, the, the half and they see they have two fouls, they are extremely aggressive. Um, and Paul Paul is Paul is really afraid. Uh, of, of making too much foul, too many fouls mm-hmm. and, and turns as well. Uh, and I thought that against Toronto in the second half, they were crazy aggressive, but in the, they were swarming. They were um, putting their bodies against uh, Raptors guys. Uh, Russ was doing an, an incredible job against Pascal Siakam. Uh, and I think that coming playoffs, this is why I'm, I'm hopeful, those fouls that now can be called in the first half will not be there or at least to a lesser degree. Right. So teams like the Thunder, that they play an aggressive brand of defense, I think that they can have uh, a little bit of an edge. I had another very important thought. Oh, yes, um, about the 14 shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, or seven, and, and 17 for, uh, for PG uh, against Toronto. So not every team has Kawhi Leonard. And that... That part uh, of uh, Kawhi's defense was really important to to hold PG um, to avoid some shots uh, for PG because sure. he he likes to uh, to take advantage on screens mm-hmm. against Kawhi you cannot really do that um, sometimes like defenses that avoid shots are not tracked because it's the nature of the tracking um, but those are the most important defenses uh, a master of that is under uh, Robertson. So yeah. when you when you see um, like Dre plays against like very very big names uh, all stars and you see their shooting totals a little bit lower uh, than their average, this is all Dre. And, and Kawhi did the same to PG. Another thing really impacted the way PG was playing the game, and it was Dennis Schroeder being extremely hot. And I'm fine when when Dennis plays like that to have him more of a focal point of the offense because he can really create uh, with the floater, with the... Um, uh, dribble pull up uh, from I would say 15-20 feet when he has that going I think that even if PG takes less uh, shots obviously he's still um, in, a, in a good place because he can be very effective um, when it's not then PG really needs to take more shots
0: mm-hmm. yeah and and Dennis was great on both ends yeah. I thought he, I thought he played great defense on Van Vliet and on both nights uh, which, yeah. was, which was which is really important and it's good to like it's just just good to know that if there is a a smaller guard i think he he does struggle against bigger guys but if there's a guy that's a little bit smaller like they're not going to torch Dennis like he's yeah. he can play good enough defense to stay in the game which you know that was the problem with Melo, is that you, he just couldn't play good enough defense to stay in the game and mm-hmm. that's just not the case with Dennis, which is nice, because coming into the season, it, it was a question mark. It was a, it was a huge question mark at that, mm-hmm. because he was clearly one of like the five or six best players on the team. And yeah. when you're one of those guys, can you play in crunch time? And Mellow proved last year that like he just couldn't, and maybe he wasn't one of the five or six best players on the team last season. By season's end, I think that's entirely possible. But uh, Dennis is. And you need to get those guys on the court. Like you don't want another can't play canter situation. And it doesn't appear that as though they have that.
1: Yeah. And maybe if you have an healthy under Robertson or Alex Sabrinas um, in the rotations, then um, you can mask uh, that weakness of mm-hmm. Schroeder because you don't have to finish with him. Uh, Billy showed that uh, during the season. He closed with Terence more often than not. And so, but yeah, having him um, engaged on defense, and if you look at the possible opponents, uh, you have guys on which Dennis could be effective. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking Lou Williams. Uh, you can try to stop him, even if it's... I think that Lou Williams is just himself. Like, when he's on, he's on. When he's off, he's off. Uh, guys like uh, Seth Curry or... Um, Ricky Ruby is, is a bit taller so yeah. I don't know how that uh, particular matchup can go um, but yeah I mean Denver represents probably the, the toughest um, opponent in that regard because they they don't really have they don't play Isaiah uh, Monty Morris is not uh, like an offense first guy and and so on that on that regard they will try to to put shooter in any matchup uh, with size advantage
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah, they just they just kind of have to at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, looking at the standings, the Thunder are at six with a with the Clippers win last night puts the Clippers at forty four and thirty. The Thunder at forty three and thirty. Uh, Utah is tied with the Thunder at forty three and thirty, and then San Antonio is forty three and thirty one. So still super super tight race. Between all these teams, you have Portland at the four at 45 and 27. So that's not out of reach for the Thunder. It's a it's a a ways to go. That's their two and a half games back. So you'd have to have Portland go on a pretty significant slide and the Thunder uh, win a lot of games here, which is which is possible. They get Memphis tonight in Memphis and then they have a five game homestand, which will be that will be their season. Right there. Yeah. Can they win any, you know, most of these, those five games? I think will be incredibly important. And they don't, until the last game of the season, they don't have another back to back. It was nice of them, nice for them to have two consecutive days off. They haven't had that um, since the beginning of March. So Mm. they've gone a couple weeks with having game after game after game after game after game which i think has been as a that's a difficult schedule but now they have you know a day off in between all these home games they get indiana at home on march 27th then they get denver at home on march 29th which will be that's a, a huge game uh, obviously for the standings for the thunder probably not so much for denver i guess it could be for denver they uh, they'd still like uh. to have the one i mean the most the, i think the ideal if you could line up the playoff matchups for the thunder it would be to get to five and play i mean it'd be nice to have four but i think more probable to get five and play portland and then have the nuggets have be the number one seed i i wouldn't uh
1: put my money on that um denver has 10 games left and the toughest opponents are golden state the rockets portland twice okc and utah they basically face the top of the west uh and then i think they play other teams in the um in the west as well like san antonio um they played let's see i don't know and then I, they have three three easy games um but yeah that's an they, insane they schedule a, They have a very, very hard schedule. Uh, In OKC, uh, I know that it's still tough. Uh, They are the sixth uh, teams uh, in terms of a stronger schedule. But they have a lot of games home. And that is... um, They can
0: get an advantage out of that. Uh, We'll see how it goes. Um, And they should. They should get an advantage. They've been pretty good at home this season. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I was... um, I don't know. I mean, 3-2 and seems... Okay, but nothing very exciting. If they want to to get a home court advantage or uh, to put their hands on the fifth seed, uh, they have to either win out or go four and one. Uh, And if they do, I mean, uh, Royce said it said as much uh, on the Dream Team. If they go, if they reach fifty somehow, I I think they'll end up being the fourth seed.
0: Yeah, yeah, that could be the case. Yeah, because so they have Memphis tonight. Indiana, Denver, Dallas, Lakers, Detroit. Those are their yeah. five games at home. Like, they need to, I mean, if you lose to Denver at home, big whoop. But you I think a loss to Indiana, Dallas, Lakers, Detroit, any of those losses would be incredibly disappointing at home. Don't yeah. you think? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not into the one game, which one is, is the worst. I think if they, uh, they have five home games plus Memphis, if they go five and one, it's great. Um, yeah. and I don't care, uh, whom they, they lost to. I mean, if it's the Lakers, uh, it's extremely disappointing, but it's still five one. Yeah. And, uh, it's it's stupid. Uh, don't get me wrong, but it's as um, it's the same. Uh, it's yeah. it's really the same in terms of. Uh, I don't want them to be swept by by Denver. Um, so I, I would love to see them compete against Denver, uh, and and maybe get a. In order to put some, I don't know, some weird feelings on Denver. Uh, they they think they have a good matchup with the Thunder. Maybe to. Try to 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 put some different view
0: on that could be helpful. Mm -hmm. It it would. I mean, it would it would change the minds of a lot of Thunder fans. I think. Yeah. If they could if they could beat Denver at home, uh, if they could beat the Lakers at home, they have the Rockets at home. You know, and then they have Milwaukee, who's. Uh, maybe they won't have any players that night because it just feels like every other day we get a, news of a Milwaukee player that's hurt. Um, but that one will not be that important to Milwaukee at that time. And so who knows? I, like I don't think
1: so. I don't, I, think, I don't
0: so. think, I mean, I would be a little bit floored if they played Giannis that night. Mm-hmm. Um, And the Rockets too. Like, I don't know how important that will be to them. They may have the three seed locked up. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see. I i have a i have a feeling that that game will have some importance to both teams, and that the Rockets will play. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want anybody counting on that. Also, Minnesota, they're Rose and Jeff Teague and uh, Robert Covington are all going to sit, and that's super helpful to the Thunder. And I hope that I, if if I'm Billy, I just don't even tell them that that happened, and hope that they didn't see the report. Because, because this team, I just feel like with the with the wolves, if they see like oh, like oh, the little the little wounded wolves, yeah, we'll go in, we'll play them, you know. Hopefully, shots go in, kind of situation, and like Wiggins will go off for like (laughs) fifty (laughs) five. So I mean, they at that when you look at the schedule, like I think that acceptable losses are to Denver. Uh, losing at Minnesota is acceptable because the Thunder just—it just feels like they will inevitably lose in Minnesota, uh, yeah. and then losing at home to Houston. Like if they lost yeah. three games, I think like that's
1: that—that that, that is putting them at forty-nine. Yeah, yeah. Just, I would love to for them to get to fifty. Oh, round numbers. We love round numbers. And
0: it's it's and I. I mentioned this on the dream team and kind of joked about it being a round number, but like Royce is right. If 50 wins matters. Yeah. Like it, it does. It does. It, it really does. And the thunder haven't had a 50 win season since KD left. And it'd be nice to get that. And if they could get, I mean, getting the four seed with, you know, having the record that they've had since the all-star break, uh, would feel like a miracle, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, and it's still possible. It's still possible. Like last season, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's funny. You look back at last season at what a failure it was. It's like, oh, they still had home court advantage. Yeah, I'm gonna look at the. I'm looking at the Blazers' schedule right now to see because I don't. I remember it not being that difficult.
1: No, it's easy. And they have Denver twice.
0: They've got and basically nothing. Brooklyn tonight is a big game. Yeah, that's a big one. It's in Portland, and they get. Uh, Chicago. Oh, they got Atlanta. Who Atlanta has has been putting it on, guys, right now. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. Our, our guy Trey Young has been just absolutely killing it. So yeah, that's I'm in so Atlanta. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have four games on the road. I'd be a little surprised if they won all four of those because they've got Chicago, Atlanta, Detroit, Minnesota. That sounds so easy, but I think sweeping those for any team is not easy. Uh, just yeah. because mentally you look at that road trip and you're like, yeah, I think that you know we should win all these games, and then I think inevitably teams lose games, um, mm-hmm. and during that stretch, and then yeah, they end the season. They got Minnesota, they got Memphis at home, then they go, they have a home and home against Denver, then they have Lakers, Sacramento. So that's it's a pretty easy schedule. Like, but if the Thunder can finish the season only losing two games, um. And then if they can lose, you know, four of these, which is possible, they could lose both to Denver, they could lose at Atlanta, and they could lose, you know, against Brooklyn. Yeah. You know, and the Thunder have the tiebreaker. Yeah, they'll be close. It will be close. It can be close. Yeah. it they, It is possible. But they, they yeah. also, whenever you miss so many opportunities during the season for the Thunder, yeah. and I've kind yeah. sort of hammered at this for weeks now, that you... your playoff seating is out of your hands it's in your hands to a degree like you need to take care of business but even if you do take care of business you may not get where you want to go which which is that's that's what happens whenever you lose the first four games of the season that's what happens when you lose to dallas and you can't beat sacramento and you lose to new orleans and you lose at chicago uh this is what happens this is how this is how it happens when you lose at home to Washington and Minnesota, you know, back to back and the Lakers. Yeah, you lose to the baby Lakers at home. You lose in Atlanta. I mean, yeah. that's you're you're leaving it up to chance, and then whenever you come out of the All Star break, and you lose to Sacramento, Denver, Philly, San Antonio, all those all those losses are explainable and not that embarrassing, but consecutively, yeah, that's embarrassing yeah and then you have another losing streak of Indiana Golden State, Miami, Toronto. again, like those are all fine teams, some of them great, obviously. but when they're consecutive, like that's when it's like okay like you can't you can't be a a, a good to great team and lose these and lose that many games consecutively. you've got to at least win one yeah. of those if they if they during these losing streaks if like they just beat Philly and if they just beat Indiana. You know, yeah, it's,
1: it's a different season.
0: They are then you're right there. Right it's, there. Yeah. Two games makes a massive yeah. difference in this Western Conference. And it's yeah. just to me, this is the regular season of missed opportunities for the Oklahoma City Thunder because they've had games just right there and they just needed to go take them. And they just didn't. There were several games like that and just games where they just didn't show up. And so it does feel like there was a bit of course correction against Toronto with the way they played now can they sustain that and that's been the question all season like can they sustain a winning streak can they sustain this kind of play and the answer has largely been no they cannot you know everybody likes to talk about that stretch in january that they had they beat some good teams they had a stretch where they beat philly new york portland new orleans milwaukee orlando miami there's some good teams in there some really solid teams in there uh and that's a nice winning streak uh but they weren't playing good defense during that streak. They were just hitting shots.
1: <laughs> yeah. You
0: know, yeah, yeah. and like they need to get back to who they were at the beginning of the season. And I know that that seven-game win streak they had, they didn't play a lot of good teams. Like, I get that. But they were playing outstanding defense. And they need, yeah. they need to get back to that identity. Because that's a sustainable identity. Making threes for this team at a 40% clip like they were in January... That's. I'm sorry. That was cool. That was a really fun month, but that is not the identity of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Like you can't, you can't go into the playoffs thinking that that's who you're going to be, and win. You just won't. You will lose. You'll get crushed by whoever it is. Uh, and they may win a couple games, but you don't win like that. The team will win on on defense and creating havoc. That's how it works. Do you want to win, Andrew? Do I want to win? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Th- Th- then you have to answer correctly to my oh, new no. game, which is the blame game. Okay, okay. No, I mean I I picked um a player that gives me um different feelings depending on the game and he, the, the player is Abdul Nader and I played around with cleaning the glass and with some on off numbers and you need to guess the number. Okay? Okay. Uh we will uh, the number will always be net rating, um, and the first question is: Can you guess the net rating of Danny Schuder when Abdul Nader
0: sits? Oh, good one! Um, plus four, plus seven point six. Ooh. But- I
1: like uh, the fact that you were positive, and so it's half a point.
0: Okay, thank uh,
1: you. Second net rating, <laughs> uh, Russell Westbrook with Abdul Nader uh, off the court. Oh, uh, plus nine? Plus 7.6. The, okay. the, same, the exact same figure uh, of Danny Schroeder. Uh, but you were, again, positive, which is great. Um, the net rating of Paul George when Abdul Nader sits... Plus eleven, plus nine point three. Okay. But we are getting close. So everyone is, is positive. Uh, you have to guess this one precisely, otherwise you won't get a point. Okay. The <laughs> net rating of Deonte Burton Ooh. on three hundred and fifty possessions okay. with Abdul Nader on the court, on, on on the bench, on the bench. Okay, yeah, uh, always on the bench. He's always on the bench. Plus thirteen. Plus 4.4. 4. Don't get too too excited about Deontay, Andrew.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's good, for that good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, just, I did. I got way too excited.
1: <laughs> um, and now the last guess. Can you guess the net rating of Russell Westbrook when Adul, Abdul Nader is on the court? <laughs> Minus 4. Minus twelve point six. Oh, God. On 430 oh. possessions. Ouch. And trust me, it's the same with all the others, uh, except for, for Paul George. Oh. Now, I know that you cannot play the blame game with Abdul Nader, but his defense is really a problem. It and is. there is, he's the worst in terms of... Uh, one of the worst in terms of uh, uh, on-off numbers. Per cleaning the glass is minus 16.6 um, of difference. So when he plays... Uh, when he doesn't play, uh, the team is, uh, well, better. And when he plays, the team is terrible. Yeah. Uh, the only player with uh, a worse uh, differential is Timotel Wawu-Kabarro. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying that Abdul Nader is the only problem uh, for OKC, but I don't get the... I, I know that he's a steady player. You, you get um, close to the same kind of... Um, production from him and really likes those kind of players but the fact that teams uh, go on a run by the end of the first quarter and on the beginning of the second since i would say the beginning of january it's it's not uh i think it's not completely uh, like random there is a correlation uh between OKC okay, so stepping down their defensive efficiency and Abdul Nader stepping in uh, in the rotation, which happened in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not all Abdul Nader's fault. I'm not saying that. But he he is a player that rarely does the correct rotation. is Sometimes he's out, out, out of position and when he tries to get back, he commits silly fouls. And for some reason, the production with him on the court uh, except for the overtime against Utah, uh, has been has been bad, mm-hmm. and I think that Billy will just remove him from the rotation coming playoffs time. But I wonder if OKC is kind of losing the opportunity to have um, a playoff-trained uh, Deonta Burton, uh, who can play solid defense and, and be acceptable on offense on most nights. Yeah. It's a question I don't know to uh, the answer to, um, and to be to be fair, I mean Deonte has very good numbers uh, when when he plays with both Paul George and Russell Westbrook. It's a very very small uh, sample size, um, but the, the lineups with PG and Burton and or Deonte and and Westbrook uh, are very productive, like plus ten, plus fifteen, stuff like that. So. I wonder if there is kind of a loss, uh, kind of a better use of those minutes over the last nine games. But I'm I'm betting against that.
0: Yeah, just another missed opportunity for the Thunder, in my opinion. Just yeah, it could, it could be could not be. playing Deontay. You, you still lost your bet,
1: uh, I would say. But
0: but yeah, you could oh, have lost like in, no in a point. more egregious way. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's pretty egregious <laughs> to me. <laughs> uh, I I also and maybe maybe this is just me being stupidly optimistic. Um but the Thunder haven't ruled Andre Robertson out. And maybe they will today and I'll just be just a big big dummy. But I still hold out a little bit of hope for that. And I know people just want to call it and I'm just like I don't know, we'll see. Like let's just wait and see. The Thunder still haven't ruled them out. And so m- You and all, like, if I were to place a bet on this on Andre playing or not playing, I'd probably place the bet on him not playing. Um, but there's still a small chance that they get him. And if they get Dre and if he is anything close to what he has been, like that, I, I I think that people will underrate how important that would be to this team because People just forget how good he was and how important to this team's success he was. I mean, he was a guy that could have won Defensive Player of the Year last year had he stayed healthy. And to have that guy coming off the bench, and if that guy is replacing the production of Terrence when Terrence has four fouls in the first four minutes of the first half, like that's a big deal. And I don't know, I, I would, again, I would not put money on it. I would, I would still approach the situation like he's not going to play. But he's not been ruled out. And he, he's an incredibly important player on the court and off the court for this team. And has been really vital to the success of guys like Terrence Ferguson this season. You know, mm-hmm. they basically had another coach on the bench uh, for him. To teach, he has taught Terrence a lot about defense. And if you can put that guy in for ten minutes a game instead of Nader, or for twenty minutes a game, and you just don't have to play Nader, and you can take a few minutes away from uh, anybody else, even Dennis, when Den- if Dennis doesn't have a good matchup, I mean that is so big. It would be so big yeah. for this team. So. I don't want to get people too excited, but I just, that's still a possibility that the Thunder are leaving out there.
1: Yeah. it's. Um, I know you, you could have applied for, um, for the exception uh, with him being out, or if you shut him out um, yeah. for the season, but I think it's, you're not going to get uh, a replacement for Dre no, uh, with no, that no amount no. of money. Yeah. And I agree. Uh, if he could play in a lineup with Dennis Schroder, uh, Paul George, Keith, and Grant, where you have four threats from the outside and him uh, as a defensive stopper, yeah, that unit could work. Because Keith, uh, even if that is not the way OKC wants to play, but if you dump the ball to him in the post on a mismatch. He will get points. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an okay spot up shooter. He will hit like 34, 35%. Grant is a good spot up shooter. Well, PG is PG. And, and Dennis, I think, can hit a shot. And so when you have four guys that can hit a shot, plus Andrew Robertson, things will work. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that is the use that even if it, if it doesn't play this season, and if somehow OKC is able to retain Marquise Morris, I think that that second unit makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's this season, great. Mm, they have five games. Uh, I, I think I agree with Royce. If he's not ready when there are five games left, I don't think, I don't think there's a point on on playing him in the postseason. Yeah, you can have him dressed up. Uh, just to give him like more uh, practice time and runs with the team, that for sure, but he will not be effective.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, time is running out. Yeah, for yeah. Dre, and it's just that's been a huge disappointment, and also just it, it would be like the Warriors not having Andre Iguodala all season. Like he, yeah. is not the same Dre's as good as Iggy is, but he's of the same importance to the team. Oh, yeah. that Iguodala oh, yeah. is. He's of the same importance that a guy like Eric Gordon is to the Rockets, hmm. and if they were missing those guys all season, like I think that people would be talking a little bit more about like, oh, you know what? Like they've struggled, but you know what? They're st- they're still missing Eric Gordon, or they're still missing Andre Iguodala. Like raise that caliber of player, of role player for a team. And I think people forget that. Just because he doesn't make shots, just because he can't shoot it, I think people, it's easy to forget him. And just because Terrence Ferguson has been that good, people forget about him. And, and the question has been asked over and over again to me. I've got it in Twitter questions probably five or six times. Like, is Andre Robertson expendable? And the answer is no. Like, he's not expendable. Like, I just, I just really don't think so. I think that that's a guy that you want on your team and that can help you, whether or not he's starting. If I ask yeah. and we've talked about this, I think that he would be incredibly valuable off the bench for this team. I think that he would be a huge weapon for them. And we can we can stop talking about Dre just because it might be a <laughs> it might just be yeah, a I subject know, but, that just doesn't make any sense at the end of the day, but I, I
1: But it's the wing depth that makes sense to discuss. I mean this team started the season with I would say five bodies, potentially uh, with Hamidou, with Nader, with Burton, with Timotillo Okaboro, with Abrinas and with Drake potentially coming back. Yeah. And now they they are left with Nader and Burton. Uh Diallo is not really in the ma- in like in the rotations whatsoever. No. Like to to miss both Abrinas and, and Robertson and with the kind of uh demanding defense that OKC wants to to play, um it's it's really important. Again the when you when you want to give yourself a chance to be relevant in the playoffs, you need to maximize the way uh, you can play against the best. If that means being more prone to be bad uh, on a, on a given night when you don't you don't give a damn about playing, um, I think it's it's a good gamble. But that gamble was was based also on having a good enough. Uh, wing rotation, and now it's 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 not the case. And this is not an excuse on missing opportunities because OKC could have won those games easily. Some of those games easily. Yeah. Um, what is still important to notice that they they, they play freely uh, a daunting defense, and and to be able to do that, it
0: you need to have the right personnel. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they could they could have. Finish the season with 55 wins had dre played because dre replacing those minutes that you just talked about with nader oh yeah like the difference would be massive like it really yeah. it really would be and so it's, that it's it's it,
1: hard to see andre being an, a net negative uh and if you like yeah, say he won't in the be worse yeah in the worst case he's a is a zero that that means 16 points more <laughs> <laughs> like 100 possessions, yeah. Like, it means winning
0: most of those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I have a game for you now, McKelly. I'm gonna turn okay. the tables on you a little bit. So, I need you to give me the top three and the bottom three in uh net rating on off net rating since the all star break for the Thunder. Uh, they would have had to play at least 150 minutes, so like. I'll tell you the guys who. Raymond Felton has not played that much. Uh, yeah. Deontay, Patterson, and then obviously everybody else. But everybody else is on the table. So the top three. So even Diallo? No Diallo. No Diallo. Okay. Okay. So the bottom three
1: are Nurse Noel, Abdul Nader, and then Schulder.
0: Uh, actually, no. The oh, bot- really? The bottom, Nader is the worst. Minus, okay. seven, minus 7.3 since the all-star break. Okay. Second worst on the team. I'm going to give you another try. It's okay, not, so
1: no, it's it. not Noel and not shooter. Nope. Okay. Oh, wow. Um,
0: it can't be Adams, can he? Adams is the third worst. Minus 4.7 since the all-star break. Oh, good Lord. Uh, this one will it, be surprising. It, it, it's a guy we talked about you know, at the beginning of the of the pod. That, it's BG. No. No, no, no. A okay. guy that we talked about for his defense that sometimes is hurtful and we don't know it. Um, it's Jeremy Grant. It's Jeremy Grant. Minus 6.9. Oh, wow. Since the All-Star break. Oh, wow. That's surprising. That's surprising. Yeah. It's surprising. It is. Okay, best three I, since the All Star break. Uh, so, since you
1: told me uh, that I was dead wrong with uh, Schuder and Noel, probably one of the two is in the top three. Um, so, I would still count on Terrence Ferguson being okay.
0: Terrence is number two at six number point six point four net rating on off. Net oh rating. wow! Yeah, plus six point four four. That number. Yep. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, Russell is positive Russell's positive He's not in the top three though He's a plus 4.2 Oh um, I'm really bad at this Um, Is Schroeder in the top three? Schroeder's number three at a plus 5.7 And then PG is number one PG is a plus
1: 1.4 Oh shoot Yeah Then I, I have no idea who's number one Oh, we are running out uh so it's uh I think we have left noel and 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 keith yep yeah <laughs> so it's one of the two is it Keith yep. no
0: Keith is oh, plus one point five get this it's noel just prepare yourself for this number are you sitting down yeah plus yeah. eleven point three no I don't believe that
1: <laughs> that's that is that is wrong <laughs> I mean, Neris has been bad over the last
0: like five the, games. Okay, so listen to his on/off. When he's on the court since the All-Star break, the defense is a mm-hmm. ninety-six point three per one hundred possessions. Oh, when he's off the court, one hundred and ten point two. Oh, oh, that's terrible. Yeah, really, really. That's bad. why.
1: Shud- that's why Schroeder is positive. Also, yeah, he's he plays Shud- the majority
0: with Noel. Yep, shooter's a 103.9 per 100 possessions when he's on, 109.3 when he's off. Oh, wow. Listen to this, oh, Stephen. Are you still sitting down?
1: No, Steven is bad. I, I I have. I know, but
0: tell me anyway. 110.1 when he's on. Oh, that's... 98.9 that's, when he's off. Oh, Wow. Oh wow! That's that's a, that's a concerning number to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. I I don't know. I mean, I would love to run those numbers when neither sits, but I I am under the impression that it's not entirely that.
0: Yeah. Um. Here, yeah, here's I mean, here's a good number for you for for Thunder mm-hmm. fans. Now after after I gave those depressing numbers, uh, when Russell Westbrook's on the court, the offense since the All Star break one hundred six point eight when he's Mm -hmm. off 96.8 yeah Yeah, that's really bad and Terrence plays most of his minutes with Russell and so they kind of mirror each other a little bit but Terrence is a 107.2 and then 98.4 when he's off yeah yeah I
1: mean I don't know the Noelle number uh why is that how many how many minutes
0: did he play he's played 188 minutes
1: yeah, in 15 games, 16 games, something like that.
0: Uh, yeah, it's not playing games. much. Yeah, so it's not a lot. It's not playing much, but it's still but shocking.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's shocking for Stephen. The fact that Steven yeah. is is um, is having trouble. Uh, I don't know. I mean, between him and Grant, who is the playing the more? But maybe if we play in both uh, about the um, pick and roll defense and yeah. Like the rim protection, probably we are not far off. Uh, that said, uh, those are good players that know how to play defense. And so if those are the players that are underperforming, there is a good chance that they can be back and perform at a reasonable level. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, 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 I didn't
0: expect those numbers. Yeah. Offensive on-off for Steven is good. He's a plus 6.4 on-off. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy yeah. is like a net, net zero, basically, on with on the offensive yeah. end which is a little surprising to me because I feel like he's been one of the only guys that can shoot it since the all-star break. Uh, Yeah. But the offense has not been great when he's out there. So, Uh, okay. Uh, Do you have anything else before we go?
1: No, but I'm depressed now.
0: (laughs) I'm sick and depressed. Hey, there's no, when I see numbers like that, that just are like outrageously bad for good players. Yeah. That almost makes me more optimistic, which is maybe yeah. just like a sickness that I have of being like too yeah. optimistic. Uh just because it's like okay, Stephen Adams is not going to be that guy for the for the whole season because let me let me look at his pre-all-star break numbers. Cuz they just like that's it's a, it's a very unusual trend for him to be Yeah, yeah he's a plus 13.6 pre-all-star break. Yeah. You know, yeah, I,
1: that, it doesn't make any sense.
0: That's more in line with who he is. You know, the def- yep. the defense uh, is just a a little bit a little bit worse when he's off the court uh, pre All Star break, which is still a little concerning, but it's not like mm-hmm. dramatically worse. Um, yeah, I just think I just think that that is going to turn, and this this post All Star break run has been like. One for the record books for the Thunder and like how poor they've been. And it's been a typical thing for the Thunder in the past to play poorly out of the All-Star break, but this has just been a doozy. Uh, and so Mm -hmm. I just, I just have to believe that this team is one, they've been, they're better than what they've shown. And then two, the, all those outrageously bad numbers will turn. Like that just happens in the NBA. Like that's just how the NBA typically works. Like good players will eventually be good like that, yeah that's just how it works and so unless they are carmelo anthony so unless you just get old and Stephen adams <laughs> isn't old you know he's like, younger than Buddy, so no <laughs> he's younger than body. that's right um okay michelle go get some sleep thank you uh yeah. for joining the pod hey if you haven't subscribed to our youtube channel please go do that just search down to dunk podcast subscribe to our channel uh, we post the Friday pods there. We do them live every Friday morning. So if you're an early riser, uh, you can watch the pod. Uh, or watch our uh, ridiculous antics on Fridays. But McKelly treated us to something wonderful after the Raptors game. So if you care anything about the Oklahoma City Thunder, you need to go subscribe to our YouTube channel or even... I don't care if you subscribe, honestly. Just go watch McKelly's video. Search down to dunk. McKelly should be the first one up there. So he did a video breakdown with uh, chart side uh, tools to show great offensive possessions for the Thunder, bad ones, same with defense. And it you will, you will learn a ton about your team if you will just take the time to go watch this. And then he answers some questions afterwards. But you need to go watch it because it, he will educate you on what to look for when you're watching games. And so... Uh, Please go watch that, because I I just think that the more fans know, uh, the more uh, good conversations we can have on Twitter, and the more like craziness that we can get out of everybody. So let's please go watch that, and just help yourself to that. So uh, that's our YouTube channel, at Down to Dunk. Please follow McKelly on Twitter, at Mikey Barra. You can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our show, at Down to Dunk. Please leave us a five-star iTunes review if you have a chance. Click on the Purple Podcast app if you have an iPhone. It's super, super simple. Uh, You just search down to dunk, hit five stars, boom, you're done. So please go do that if you have a chance today. Have a great Monday. Enjoy the game tonight. we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday.